Hey girl, hey, welcome back to my podcast. It's your girl Bella and you are listening to Girl Talk with Bella. Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome back for episode three of season two. Sorry guys, uh, I have been busy, like crazy. I've been picking up a lot now at work and excuse if my voice sounds a little raspy as well because it's different when you record during the day. Then when you're recording at night, when everybody's sleeping, it's such, like, it's so different. It's crazy. Like, I have a raspy voice. Some of you guys may say, deep. Don't judge me, okay? Do not judge me. (laughs) But anyways, guys, I hope you guys are well. So recap on episode two. We leave Kenya. We say bye to Kenya. Wave. Everybody was happy and glad. And 200 refugee families, Somali families who arrived in New York airport and each family were divided. Like each group of families were divided to different state. And luckily the first state they send us was Baltimore, Maryland. And I love it. Until this day, I love Maryland. It's not like Michigan where it's like freezing and it's a lot of snow. It's none of that. None of that. You know, Baltimore, Maryland has a special place in my heart. You know, I grew up, uh, there for probably like three years, but I still love the atmosphere, the weather, the people. Um, it will always have a special place in my heart. And my, what happened was, um, after three years, so some of you guys may know that, um, after three years, uh, we became homeless, uh, living in America for three years. Uh, for one, my parents couldn't afford the apartment at that time. And they were like, you know, they were both working and not, we're not getting paid enough. So they're both working and still couldn't manage to pay the um the light bills, sometimes groceries, sometimes it would be the rent, especially the rent. The rent was so high for like six of us, okay, before the, the rest of the children came along, okay? <laughs> so it was six of us and um they couldn't afford to even pay the rent because that's it was so expensive. Maryland was so expensive for refugee people. And my parents, it's not like my parents were not paying on time. It was just like, they couldn't afford it. You know, they couldn't afford it. Like, it's like, okay, we pay the rent. Now what? Either, either food or no light. It would be that. And then finally, um, we got kicked out because there were a lot of kids for a two bedroom house. We couldn't find an appropriate, um, apartment for family of six. Um, even if we, even if we could, the rent was still high. We couldn't afford it. So, you know, living in America, we became homeless. Um, and at that time, I know that there were like new refugee Bosnian people coming in at that time. And when I tell you, um, I was thinking to myself as a kid, I was just like, wait, this is the American dream. Like, this is the American dream. Like we became homeless. Literally, we came from a refugee camp. We came and we came to this country and we became homeless. Like, how does that happen? Right? How does that happen? Like, it's impossible. Like, what is going on? But, but yet I was still happy because I lived in a mosque. I was still happy. I got to play with, I was still happy. I wasn't living in a condition where I came from. I was still happy. Um, I even cried. Um, I even shared a time, a moment and a memory that I will always cherish I don't know whether he was like the imam or the sheikh or like a mosque keeper. I'm not sure what he was. But all I knew is remembering I was really hungry. Um, 
as a kid living in a mosque, homeless with my parents and siblings. Um, and he, this guy is feeding, um, helping feeding the refugee, the new refugee Bosnian um, kids or, you know, the kids that lived in the mosque at that time. And he was cooking for everybody. And then he finally sat down to eat. And then I'm like sitting in the corner of the table. He gets up and he says, he brings his food that he was eating. I will never forget about him. I will always make dua for him. I will always pray for him, his kids, his kids, kids, his kids, 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 kids. I will always make dua for him. He got up. I was so hungry, but I was too shy to even ask him, like, I'm hungry. Like, you know, my parents taught me to, you know, don't ask for too much. You know, don't ask. Don't ask. If someone's not giving it to you, don't ask. But I was a kid. I wanted to. I had that urge. I was hungry. Even though my parents were out for looking for a job. And also they told me, I remember, they were going to grab something to eat. But it's been hours and hours. I was hungry. So this guy, beautiful guy, beautiful, and I don't know his name. I don't know if he's still living. I don't know his family, but he is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. He is truly an amazing person. So basically, I was sitting down. I was just like, I'm just going to chill here. May, you know, my thing was... I was going to wait until he's finished and see if I could probably find some type of bread if he left it over. But this guy sat down and at first he didn't see me because I'm tiny and I'm just sitting at a table. Like, you know, I sat down and he comes over and then he looks across the table. He goes like, whoa, like there's a kid there. And then he comes over with his little chapati or like parta. It's like, um, I know it's like Pakistani dish or Bangladesh, Bangladesh dish because it had potatoes, sweet potatoes, uh, curry, turmeric, spice, lemon. It was so good and it was no meat. I remember it was no meat so I eat it with this nice like a naan bread. It was delicious and then I'm like he was like eat 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 no 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 eat eat eat. I'm like eating he was like, you want more? I was like, I don't want to ask him. Then I was like, no, thank you. He's like, you okay? And then he's like, you want some more? Like, he was feeding me. This stranger was feeding me. He didn't have to feed me. He should have fed himself. But I was eating. It was so beautiful to me. It, may, it brings tears to my eyes, guys. It, it's just like. I will never forget this guy. He's so beautiful. Um, and I ate. Oh, I ate. Okay, I ate. And he was like, if you're ever hungry and I'm here, let me know. He was so kind. He was tapping my shoulder. He he looked at me like, oh my gosh, this girl is hungry for real. And then he, I think he didn't realize that I was living in the mosque as well. And maybe... And that's when he and that's when he found out the end that my family and I were just living temporarily at the mosque until you know we got our stuff together. And uh, after my parents looked for a job and it wasn't successful, and it was unsuccessful, um, finally they applied for a government assistant and they got approved. And that with that, and with that also, 
um, we couldn't find a home for us. So they put my mom and my siblings in a woman's shelter. In the meantime, until we find something, and my dad was crashing with good friends of his. And that's how we lived for another two months until my mom decided, look, I have a friend that lives in Michigan. We're all going to move there. It's cheaper. They're going to help out with assistant and all of that good stuff. We moved from Maryland like the end of 1999, moved to Michigan, and we lived at her friend's um, house, uh, her apartment for like three months. I, I would say a good three months and until we found something for the family until my parents found an apartment for us. So shout out to my mom's friend who let us stay for three months in her apartment, which wasn't allowed more than like five people. There were like eight people living in that apartment and they would literally come into the apartment, try to check and see how many people lived. So they would do like a secret um, maintenance or repair or um, a surprise inspection so they could see how many um, people live there because I feel like one of her neighbors ratted her out and she was literally a writer and I will forever be grateful for her and I will forever be thankful for that because you rarely get people like that and this woman hide most of the children like in the closet so the maintenance guy wouldn't report you know and she lived in a nice apartment, okay? She literally was like, yeah, live here until you guys find an apartment, you know? And um, at that time, she had her niece and her two older sons. They were older than us, much older. Like, they were like 18, and I was like 10. They were like 18. Um, one was like 21 or something like that. And, but yeah. I, I told my mom, if I ever become very successful in life, inshallah, in this dunya, I said, I'm going to really surprise these people who literally took us in and some of these people that actually helped us. They didn't even have to help us, but they did. And that tells you the type of people they were. It's incredible to me how welcoming these people were and how helpful these people were. So anyways, after we moved from my mom's friend's apartment, um, we lived in... Um, this apartment and now this apartment is called sunflower and i guess they find out that too many people are living in the apartment and guess what we had to find something else again when i tell you i went through not just me my family went through trial my mom and dad poor poor my parents poor my parents because it's harder because they would just like work day and night I had to watch my siblings while they were going to work. I was still like 11 years old, you know, and I wouldn't open the door until they come home. So finally, my mom applied for Section 8, right? And what? Guess what? She got it. She got it. We lived in the hood. And I lived in the hood until I was a freshman in high school. And then we moved. We moved so much. But the trials that we went through as a family, it made us stronger it taught me so much lesson in life that every day for me is a blessing. So everything I get, it's a blessing. And it taught me to be humble. Live your life comfortably, but not where you um trying to, I think I talked about it. Live your life comfortably, but 
try not to impress people, but live, live for you and your family. Because when you live humbly, everything is just a blessing, period. Everything is a blessing, you know? Finally, we moved into our first, uh, I would say, middle-class, decent area. Um, and it was my sister's teacher um, sister's house. She was looking for somebody to rent it out. And one day my sister um, was crying and her teacher was like, what's wrong, you know, what's wrong, Saida? She was like, well, you know, we're, we're being evicted again because um, the landlord didn't pay his mortgage. They're taking his house and we don't have no place to stay. And then she's like, you know what? Let me talk to my sister. She's renting out her place. So let me see. So the next day my sister comes to school and she says, Saida, would your parents like to um, view the the house this week? And my sister was like, yeah, let me call my parents. So she told my parents my teacher is actually renting her house. So we went there. It was a nice, beautiful bungalow house, white, beautiful. I don't even know if it was a, no, it, was, it, was not, it, was, it wasn't even a bungalow. It was a nice um um, two-story, um, house, uh, and it was a great neighborhood, and some of these people that live in this neighborhood lived there for all their life. They owned this property, or it was passed down to them. It was a great, great neighborhood. We lived there, I think, I lived there until, um, until I got married, and they were living it for two more years, but my parents bought a property at the southeast side, and they went, moved back into the hood hood, you know? It's, (laughs) There's something about the hood, okay? There's something about the hood. I don't know what it is. It's something about the hood. You know, everybody's lit, turning up, whatever. Whatever the case may be, it's lit. Uh, but yeah, they live in the hood. Um, my parents, I know, I don't know how they feel about it. You know, I I asked them before. They said, you know, sometimes they wish they could move and sometimes, you know, they just live in within their means. They live comfortably. So, um, but I know for sure that the now my mother is like, hey, look, I'm thinking about moving out for real, for real. You know, I'm thinking about moving out for real. Um, and because it, it's getting worse or the area is getting worse and I don't feel comfortable anymore. That's what my mom's saying. My parents actually are saying that. Um so when I got married, I start telling my life story to my husband. He just assumed I was born in America automatically because I didn't have any accent. I told him that. I do have accent sometimes when I'm, I get upset. Now he knows when I get upset. Like you you could hear my accent coming out. So um, I told him my life story. I was like, like the full life story. I mean, he met me. We were talking stuff like that. Okay, he know me. Okay. But do you, do you really know me? You know? So I told him my life story. My guy, my hubby started tearing up. I said, oh my goodness, are you okay? He's like, that's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story, man. You should write a book. I'm like, oh my God. And he was so amazed. And, and he said, I thought I went through something, but dang. Every time he brings it up, he goes, you know what? You should write a book about this because this is incredible. People need to know about this. People need to know about you and all the rest of the refugees. He's like, I know everybody don't have the same um, journey. This story, your story should open some kind of um, some kind of window about refugee people. So I think you should tell your story 
to the world. And I'm like, okay, I will. And it doesn't matter what, since like, since 2011, I'm like, okay, I will. And finally, I decided to start my podcast 2020. Man, how things work, right? And um, and he loves my podcast. He listens to my podcast. I think going to work or coming uh, coming from work, uh, sometimes when he's in the basement, like doing some work, he listens to my podcast. And I'm like, do I hear my voice? Like, dude, do I hear my voice? He's like, I got to catch up to your episode. <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought it was a pretty good idea to actually start the podcast. So when I do want to write the book itself, I could go back to the podcast. Some kind of note, per se, you know? Other than that, life has been treating me very well so far. Um, you know, tough situations don't last. Tough people do. And I always believed in that. One day you could just wake up and you, one day you wake up and you have a crappy day and you think that your life is falling apart. But it's not actually, it's not really. It's all in your mind. There's people who has, who have far more worse situation than you are in. So my situation compared to other people's situation isn't far worse. It's we just experience everything differently. But I sometimes think about like, oh my gosh, sometimes I'm, I'm human the end of the day. I'm complaining about, I'm complaining about little things. And I'm like, Bella, humble, humble yourself. Take a deep breath. Relax. There are people that are really suffering right now. And you, you, you're literally getting sassy about what? Nothing. So I literally humble myself and I think about where I came from, especially uh, where I came from. I don't let nobody talk to me any kind of way. Um, because I know what I went through, uh, for anybody to tell me, I can't do this. You can't do that. Uh, go back to your, nobody can tell me that because you know what? Because I've been through stuff, um, that's not for the weak minded, you know? And I pray that none of you go through what I went through. And I pray that, uh, you get whatever you ask for, uh, as long as it's something good. Okay. Not something evil. I pray that you always stay happy, positive, um, humble, kind, and creative, and fun, and loving. Um, I always hope that you find what you're looking for, and I pray that you find your peace. And I know that I talk about this a lot, but it's important. When you find your peace, you find yourself. And when you find yourself, you find your peace. Well, guys, I'm going to leave it here, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Make sure to subscribe, share, and like. Till next time, peace and love.